0: Let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 24. I'm accustomed to having people stand, but for this morning, we'll just stay seated. Uh, I have another verse before we go to the first verse for each other. So Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 24. Welcome to Faith Bible Baptist Church on this last day of December. 2023 had to believe by Wednesday will be in the new year. So I want to bring a message entitled, Remaining Faithful. Remaining Faithful. And uh, uh, our goal, it should be, as a Christian, is that, uh, can somebody get this? I forgot to give this to the ushers. Can somebody give this to the ushers? Thank you, Pastor Cole. I had it out and I forgot. Thank you, Pastor. appreciate it. Uh, uh, Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 24, it's hard to believe that you have gotten a pastor, a new pastor this year. It's hard to believe that it's December and, uh, March marks one year of I being your pastor. I appreciate Pastor Cole as he's really helping around here as an assistant, kind of so associate pastor and helping us. Uh, he's got many titles, pastor emeritus, pastor at large, uh, helping at Countryside Baptist Church a lot. And I think he's busier than he has ever been. He's told me he's got preaching schedule already. And I appreciate him because when I'm gone, I know I could trust the pulpit to him and he could preach and other men in the church uh, that could do that. And so next week, I won't be here. Pray for me and my family. I uh, will be gone. We're part of an ordination service at Southeast Bible Baptist Church. Uh, Brother Caleb Crone, if you know him, and Brother Kevin Rickner they're going to be ordained. And they have asked me to be a part of the ordination committee. So I'll be there with my family. So pray for that. Uh, got a lot going on uh, next year. And uh, we'll talk of things as they come. But Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 24. First day today that I've not coughed yet. So it's been very, very nice. Uh, it feels Feels, feels very nice. Acts twenty twenty four, 24 uh, remaining faithful. The idea is that at the end of our life, or the end of our Christian life, either during the rapture, we know that doctrine where the church is going to be raptured up, and we're going to meet the Lord in the air, as is specifically spelled out for us in First Thessalonians chapter number uh, 4. And the Bible talks about, let's comfort one another with those words, uh, that God will bring up the dead in Christ, will rise first, and then we which remain shall be caught up together in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Not just spiritually speaking now, but in uh, more of a physical sense of it. We'll see Him uh, face to face. By now, by faith, but faith will become sight during that time. Or uh, if some of us, if the Lord tarries and we meet death, uh, physical death, We'll, we'll, we'll see that, and, uh, but at the end, uh, the end of it all, uh, Matthew gives us an idea of what our goal should be as a Christian. Matthew 25 and verse number 23, in uh, that, that there is a mission God has left us with work to do, all right? Now, he's going to work with us, and he wants to do the work in us, and he wants to be the strengthening factor of that work. He wants to be the source of the power, so we can get the job done. But yet, he says of a parable, and it says these words in Matthew twenty-five, twenty-three. Let me read it to you. It says, His Lord said unto him, and this is the famous words we want to hear. Well done, good, and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. And so that may be uh, either in the rapture or in our death, uh, we would want when we meet the Lord at uh, one point in time uh, as a Christian, our goal should be to hear these words spoken by Jesus himself. And so how can we continue in this life uh, as we face trials, as we face uh, difficult times? Uh, Christian life is, uh, is, is like in somebody says is. It's not easy, uh, and it is not hard. It is impossible. It's impossible to do it merely by your own strength. And we'll see that in some of the points this morning. It has to be a relationship with Jesus Christ all along the way, all along the way. Uh, And you have to hold on to Jesus, and you have to walk in sync with Jesus. If he stays, you stay. If he goes forward, you go forward. And if he takes a seat, a step back, step back with him. All right? Rely on him and stay with him. But our goal is to hear the Lord say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Looking at the life of Paul today, we'll look at four principles that kind of helps us stay faithful. It doesn't matter how old you are, and it doesn't matter how many years you've been saved. If you're just newly saved, or you've been saved for a long time. These principles, if applied to your life, will help you remain faithful. All right. So, looking at number one, uh, we have to properly value self. We have to have a proper valuing of self. All right. So, properly valuing self, point number one, will help us to remain faithful. And explain that to you in Acts chapter number twenty here, and verse number twenty-four. Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 24. But none of these things, and obviously this is Paul, but none of these things moved me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. He was not suicidal. All right? Don't be mistaken uh, by uh, self-pitying, and we sometimes look at that as humility when it is not. What I mean by that is when you're down on yourself. When uh, self esteem is so low that you feel like you're unimportant and you don't matter, that is not Bible humility. That is not Bible humility. That is the devil on top of you telling you you are not worth anything. And that is so wrong to the very, very, very foundation of true Christianity. Why would Jesus die for you if you're worth nothing? Why would the God of heaven leave? his splendors, and give his own life to save yours if you are of no value. So you have to be careful and let not the world pressure you into becoming something that they seem uh, in their mind and in their uh, ideology and their philosophy and their theory that to be successful you have to be this, this, and this, and this, and your life doesn't match up. And so The pressure of the world says, well, you're not successful. You're a loser. You don't amount to anything. That is not humility of Scripture. That is not humility of Scripture. True humility doesn't end your life. All right? It doesn't produce uh, suicidal thoughts. That is not from God because life is precious to the Lord. He said in Romans 12, 1, we are to be a living sacrifice. All right? He doesn't want us to die for no reason. And those men and women that have died for the cause of Christ, they did not die in vain. There's a reason God uh, has put those in their, in their life, and I'm not the one as your pastor to, to tell you that you're going to die for Jesus. That's not my place. That's between you and God as you serve the Lord. Uh, I'm not here to put a uh, to put a commitment level on your life that's between you and God. How much are you going to commit to Him? How much are you going to Uh, give your life to him. That's up to you. I have to do that for my own life. I don't even get to do that for my wife's life. I don't even get to do that for my children's life. That has to be your choice to commit your time, your money, your effort into his work and his his will for you. And you need to find that uh, very, very quickly. But Paul said this in a personal testimony. I count not my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy, verse 24, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. The thing that hindered us from giving ourselves, he given over the control of his life. Really, when he said this, uh, I've given over my life to Jesus. He is now in charge of it. That's what he's basically saying. And the thing that hinders us uh, from giving ourselves to the Lord completely is pride. There's no other way around it. We either uh, elevate ourself or we depreciate self. But the focus a lot of times is on self. And in this world that has promoted self-thought, self-concern, everything self, 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 it's hard for a Christian to deny self. When the world and the culture around tells us, you deserve, you deserve, you deserve, and you deserve, and you deserve more. And it produces entitlement in us. And so we, when, when, when Christ says, well, I'm not going to do it the way you want me to do it. I want to use your life the way I want to use it. And we have a hard time with that, even to the point of being faithful at our ministry. And then sometimes... Uh, uh, we battle self so much that self discourages us and disappoints us. And at, at times, some people even faint and they quit. And so please, may I say, in this proper valuing of self, let's look to Christ. All right? The esteem that you need to look at yourself and to value yourself. Nowhere, nowhere else you have to go but God himself. He value you so much. Uh, You can rest in that. Uh, Philippians 3 and verse number 5 to verse number 8. Philippians chapter number 3, 5 to verse number 8. This is uh, Paul's accolade. And look at what he said about it. This is his credentials. All right? This is his credential. This is is, uh, something that he was, humanly speaking. But see, he's going to deny all of that because he doesn't want to come across uh, just because he was a Pharisee or he didn't want what he did uh, just being credited to him. He knew in him dwelleth no good thing. He knew. The only reason he did what he did. He traveled where he traveled. He started the churches he started. He saw people get saved. He saw a deliverance from prison. He saw deliverance from shipwreck. He was left for dead and he walked out of the city alive. He he credited it all to his relationship with one person. And that's Christ Jesus. And that's where he gives the credit to it. And he said, I've gone through all of these things because simply I know Jesus. And look at Philippians 3, 5 to verse number 8. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning seal, persecuting the church, touching righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Sounds like an arrogant man the way he's talking about all this. He's got a point here in verse number 7. But what things were gained to me, what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Sounds like Paul has given his life completely over to Jesus. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Verse 8, yea, doubtless, no doubt about it, he says, no doubt about it. And I count all things but lost for the excellency Of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. And may I mind you as a Christian. God if you learn to be humble. Will use you to get some amazing miraculous things happen. And may I suggest this. Please remain little. Remain humble. Because he'll continue to use you. Because he says he'll give it grace to the humble. But to the pride. He said he resists them. I don't want God's resistant in my efforts to please him. I don't want to fight against him. He's on my side. We're on the team. I want to be working in synchronization with him. I want to work systematically. I want to do the things uh, together with him with no hindrance in my life. I want to be with him, and I want him to work in my life. And so uh, be watchful of this, especially those that have seen God done victories in your life. You take credit for where you should not. And then God says, Man, I can't use that person anymore because pride has crept into their heart. Man, that's a danger for somebody that may be in the ministry for a long time. Maybe seeing God do amazing things in your life and you are halted and hindered from remaining faithful because of simply looking at yourself and saying, I did this when you did not. Only Christ did it through you because you remained humble. If we want to be, if we want to remain faithful to the end, we must learn that the focus must be on Jesus and not ourselves. And Jesus has a way. Can I say it? Jesus has a way of taking care of you better than you can take care of yourself. Jesus is a God of moderation. We heard a great message, winter camp. And you might hear it again because I'm going to copy it. A great message. Talking about balancing life. A lot of times as Christians, we feel guilty for enjoying life. We should not feel guilty for enjoying life. If it fancies you to go out on the golf course and hit a few balls in the hole, but you're serving God faithfully, you're praying you're giving to mission, and you're doing all the right thing, and you go out there on the golf field, and a uh, golf uh, court and play, God doesn't mind that, and God gives that to you as a little gift to make it through life. Some of you like other things, uh, maybe fishing, maybe owning a handgun, or other things of that nature. Maybe some of you ladies like to go buy a new dress. In moderation, if you learn that if you do not take God out of his place, God has a way of taking care of the things you need. And at times, and, and it's, it's, not, it's not in my life, I know for sure it has happened multiple times. Not only does he provide what you need, he provides what you want. But when we put, uh, when we put the control in our hands and our desire is to get the nice things of this life, and we neglect the greater things of life, and that is heaven, and heaven's will, then we have a problem with God. Okay? But I guarantee you this. I guarantee you this. I I know the Bible enough. I've learned it from my own experience, and watching other men and women that live this way. If you put God first, he will take care of your business. He will. He absolutely will. I'm not saying there's not going to be a problem. I'm not going to say you're going to lack at times. I'm not going to say you're not going to get sick, for crying out loud. All of us are sick. Are we all wicked? Well, I don't think so. But if you think you are because of that, I hope that's not what you think. It's just a common thing because we live in a sin-cursed world. All right? And so think about it. God has a way of taking care of you. Somebody said it like this. If you put God's business first, he'll put your business first. He'll reciprocate. All right? Because God owes no man anything. God is not a debtor to no man. If God, uh, if you give something to God, he is such a generous, gracious God that he's going to give you more than what you give him. That's the way he rose. That's the way he is. I'm, I'm glad for that attribute of my God. If we want to remain faithful to the end, we must learn to focus on Christ. Look at Hebrews 12 and number two. Hebrews 12, two. Hebrews 12 two, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, the author and finisher. If you're lost today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior. If somebody were to ask you, if you were to lose your life and nobody wants you to lose your life, but if life ends, because the Bible tells us it is appointed unto men once to die, we will die. But before that happens, and I ask you a question. Are you 100% sure you're going to meet Jesus in heaven? And if you say, I hope so, I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven when I die. Well, then what I call you is a lost person. And Jesus tells us in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He said the way to go to heaven is through faith and belief in Jesus Christ. He never said it was through good works. He never said it was by going to church. He never says it was by your efforts. But he said this, it's a gift. And a gift is given by love. And it's given to people that is not deserving of that love. A lot of us got gifts this Christmas. Not one of those gifts was deserved by us. They was just given to us because somebody loved us. We didn't have to do anything for it. They bought it, they wrapped it up, and on the day that we exchanged gifts, they said, here's a gift for you. And all you had to do was receive it and open it up, and it's yours. And so thus, I have the world's best boss mug, because that was a gift to me this Christmas. I don't know what that means, but uh, I like it. So it's right there for you to see. I figure if I put it there, subliminal messages will come over to your mind that I am a good boss. I'm not your boss, but that's, that's good there. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus will get you started, and Jesus will see you through the very end. Just hang on to Jesus. You want to remain faithful? Place the proper value to yourself, all right? Please don't wallow in self-pity. Please don't listen to the discouraging voices that you hear, the criticism that is not even true. Don't listen to that. Don't listen to that. Look at Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Jesus values you. He would not have died if he didn't. He values you. Now, there's some things we need to fix in our life because it hurts us. And that's the view of Jesus. That's why he gives us all of these principles and all of these truths. is not to make our life miserable. It's to heal us from the sin. It's to get us to a better place. And any time that I obey Jesus, at times it was difficult. He said, do this. And I said, man, how in the world can I do that? And he gives you strength of the Holy Ghost and you obey and you fall, you obey, you fall, you obey, and finally you get some consin- uh, consistency in that area of your life. And then, wow, you're seeing, you're seeing some things you never thought you would see or things that even didn't come to your mind. The peace and, uh, uh, and the encouragement, and, and it's just the fulfillment, completeness in obeying Jesus that I never even thought about, but I'm experiencing, right? Right? And if I could do it, anybody could do it. Anybody could do it. Because the specialness is not in in us. The specialness about all of this is in Jesus Christ. It's Him that gets the job done. Number two, are we still together? All right, good. Amen. Number two, remaining faithful. uh, Number one, we have to properly value self. Number two, Uh, It is placing our reliance on the Holy Ghost. We must place our reliance on the Holy Ghost. We must realize the truth that that says this in our hearts and our mind. I am not enough to get the job done. I am not enough to get the job done. I don't have what it takes without God. I don't have enough to get the job done. I don't have what it takes without God. Guys, I'm not living my Christian life by myself. And I'm surely not pastoring you guys by myself. And I'm not being the father by myself. I'm not being the husband by myself. It is in complete reliance in his word and in his truth. You know what constrains me to read the Bible? At times it's boring, absolutely. Even as a pastor, yes. Yes, I'm just being dead honest with you. There's some boring times reading the Bible. But man, when the need arises and God has a timing about him, that is not necessarily my timing. But when it happens, there's some glorious moment in reading my Bible. There is some glorious moment that I would not exchange for anything else. That God showed me a truth that I needed at a very, very particular time to deal with a particular situation in my life. And, uh, those are precious, and I go back and read the Bible for those reasons. And at times, well, nothing happened. Do it again tomorrow. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow. Nothing happened, and it keeps going. Don't stop when things are not happening, because God is at work, even if you don't realize he is. If we rely on the power of the Holy Ghost, the end of our strength is simply the threshold To his strength. When you can't do anymore. That's the start. Where you can now say. Well I need to help. I need God to do it. When you're at the end of your ropes. That's when you're going to reach out for help. And say help. And God is just starting. So give up. Quicker. Give up. On you trying to do it yourself. All right. I thought you said pastor don't give up. Well you know what I mean. Give up on you. Don't give up on Jesus. Give up on you and get a hold of your Jesus. And he'll help you through. 1 John 4, four, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have the indwelling in the New Testament in our day, in this grace period of church. Jesus gives us the promise of the comforter, and the comforter comes to stay. So I have the Holy Ghost inside of me. I have the Holy Ghost inside of me. And he says that greater is he that is in me, God, than he that is in the world. And so I can be an overcomer. Acts 20, 22 and 23. Look at this. Acts 20, 22 and 23. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit of Jerusalem. talking about Paul here. Not knowing the things that shall befall me there. How many of us would follow God's calling when God doesn't tell you exactly how everything's going to happen? Who would us follow that? There's some element of doing God's will that is unknown. There's an element of doing God's will that remains unknown to our physical eyes. But see, the thing is, we trust a God that has nothing, has nothing in, in him that he doesn't know. There's nothing that has ever occurred to God that in his mind says, oh, I didn't know that. No, no, no. He knows everything. He has foreknowledge. He knows down the road. He knows the future. And so when we completely give our lives to Jesus Christ, yes, in the moment, in the travel, in the journey with Jesus, we're going to have some unknowns. But that's why we have some things we sing uh, that even though uh, we don't know what tomorrow will hold, but we know who holds tomorrow. And my Jesus, to his great faithfulness, has not failed. Jesus has not failed. Is when I fail, is when I stop trusting. At times when it's hard, because you don't know what's gonna happen. But Jesus, 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 uh, he comes along and he will help. All right, Acts. Uh, 20 and 23, look at it. it, says again, and now behold, I go bound in spirit unto Jerusalem, and not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Verse 23, this is what he knows, he knows what's going to happen in Jerusalem, he probably has an inkling of what's going to happen in Jerusalem, but he doesn't know exactly, but he said this very com- confidently, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. He had complete reliance on the Holy Ghost. Humanly, in his mind, he has no idea what's going to face him. But he said this, I'm going anyway, because I know this. God knows what he's doing. The Holy Ghost knows what he's doing. Being filled with the Holy Ghost is simply mean to completely surrender to him. Is the only way for us to finish. Being filled with the Holy Ghost is the only way for us to finish our race and to accomplish what God has for us along the way. It has to be through his power and nothing else. Ephesians 5.18, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Second Corinthians 4.16, for which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish, that's our physical uh, self, our, 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 our flesh perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So if you want to remain faithful, put the proper value of self. And two, place your reliance on the Holy Ghost. And three, put importance to ministry. Put importance to ministry. Look at Acts 20 and verse number 24. You're there, Acts 20 and verse number 24. He said this, And none of these things move me, neither account my life, dear unto myself, so that I finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. The in in Paul's life was the ministry that God gave him. It was important to him. He said it. It was like a gift. Look at the word received, which I have received. And so he looked at it as something valuable and something that he treasured. Look at 1 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 12. 1 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 12. And he said this. And his spirit and his attitude about the ministry was this. It was one of thankfulness. He said, "And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who had enabled me, giving me grace, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry." He took at the ministry as a privilege to do what God wants to do in his life. He looked at it as a privilege. He was thankful. And he took the responsibility with soberness and with joy. You saw that word in Acts 20 and verse number 24. He said, with joy. And we'll look look at that in the last point here. But uh, Ephesians 2, 8. Look at Ephesians 2 and verse number 10, I should say. Ephesians 2 and verse number 10. You guys are doing great. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. He's doing a work in us to use us for his glory, and it's going to be amazing. So stick with Jesus Christ. Stick with him. 2 Corinthians 4.1. 2 Corinthians 4.1. I have it in my notes, so I'm reading it fast. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse number 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. And as a Christian, after salvation, after knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, God places us all in ministry. What a ministry for service. Value the service that Christ has given to you. Value the service, uh, area of service, a ministry that God has put you in. Value that. It will help you remain faithful. You look at that and say, this is precious. You look at it and say, thank you, Lord, that you put me in this ministry where I can be used to please you, to glorify you, and to see others get saved and to see others' life transformed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this privilege. I get to do this with you and for you. We might not all be in full-time ministry, such as myself. I don't do a, another job. This is my full-time job, humanly speaking. At the same time, it is an, a spiritual work, and I appreciate the job that I have. It's full-time. It's 24-7. And that's what it ought to be. I'm a pastor. I look at it the way I look at having a family. My, ki- my children should be able to reach me any time of the day. Because Why? Because that's my responsibility. I'm the father. And then you know that I've, I've expressed it to you. And you have, have, you have taken well to it. And you have uh, in your time have given me some burdens you bear. And I'm telling you I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be able to bear that with you. And I'm glad to be able to pray for you. And pray with you. And find scripture to help you and I uh, get through it together. And so I'm, I'm, I'm happy uh, in the work that God has put me in. We might not all be in full-time ministry. Uh, uh, some of uh, people you know, like Pastor Seth maybe, and Brother Frank and Pastor Cole here, we might not be in all full-time ministry uh, in that way, uh, but we are all, if you're saved, we are all full-time Christians. We are all full-time Christians, and God has given us the ministry of spreading the gospel, the ministry in 2 Corinthians 4 of reconciliation, of making things right that was broken, all right? We have been entrusted with it. So we live for Jesus and the service for Christ himself. We live for the service of Christ himself. We want to uh, look at the importance of that and be thankful and look at it as a privilege and keep doing it day in and day out. Day in and day out. And it might be that you're tired. It might be that you're weary in well-doing. Well, get over to being weary. Find joy in serving Jesus and move on. It might be that you need to go on a date as a husband and wife. It might be that you need to buy a new car. Go do something that will help you serve Jesus with some joy. Find something and ask God to help you. You should not be sin, miserable, serving my Jesus. Because that is not Christian. And that spirit and aroma, speak it. I don't want that. I don't want to be around somebody bemoaning, grumbling, because they serve the greatest master of all, Jesus Christ. All right. I'll keep going. That's why somebody gave me this, because this helps me. Whether you believe it or not, I have the mug to prove it. And so, and it was one of my staff, it was one of my staff that gave that to me. So, man, not even a year yet. Hopefully that lasts for, Pastor was talking about, if the Lord gives me 25, 30 years. So, hopefully that mug still remains there. Number four, last, and we're done. Number four, remaining faithful. Remaining faithful requires us, number one, uh, the proper valuing of self. Number two, uh, the placing of reliance on the Holy Ghost. Number three, the putting of importance to ministry. And then lastly, is the purposing to finish with joy. The purposing to finish with joy. You know what I guard more than anything? is my joy. Because my joy is what gets me through the hard time. It's easy to serve God in the good times. But God promises valleys and mountains. God promises persecution. They that live godly. In Christ Jesus has everything going to happen for them the way they want it. And it's just perfect all the time. That's a wrong Bible. That's a wrong preacher. I don't know who's teaching that. It might be time in your Christianity you're going to suffer through poverty. The Macedonians were in great deep of poverty. It might be in your Christianity, you're going to have to suffer through some sickness that you did not choose, but it's going to be there in your life. There might be in your life, there's some expectation and desire, and you thought this is going to be because this is what I chose, and it's not happening. You have to find some joy. You have to find some joy. You have to find a silver lining in a very, very problematic world. Because the world is not going to get any better for you. And the circumstances in your life is not going to write all itself to make you happy. They ain't that good to us. The world is not that good to us. That it's going to say, all right, you you feel that way? All right, all, everybody, hey, guys, everybody, this person feels this way. All of us, hey, 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 shh, quiet, Don't don't say that. Don't say that. A, that's not going to happen. I'm teaching my children that. They got some quirks. They all got it from their mother. And I know. And I know they're going to face some bullies out there. And don't be a bully. But there's going to be bullies out there that's going to capitalize on their weaknesses. And is going to make fun of them. What's my job as a parent? I'm going to guard them from all of those bullies. All my life. That's my job. No. No. I'm going to let them know Jesus is enough. And what Jesus thinks of them is that he values them and that if they give life to Jesus, Jesus will take care of all of those things. You think I wasn't made fun of? Oh, yes, I was made fun of. And some of you still make fun of me. And guess what? I like it. I like it. Bring it on. Bring it on. Because the cup says everything. Bring it on. I can give it right back to you. Bring it on. Purposing to finish with joy. Look at. Again, Acts 20 and verse number 24, you kept your place there. Good for you. I've helped you stay in that book, right? Acts chapter 20, verse number 24. But none of these things move me. They're kind of my life there unto myself. So I finished my course with joy. With joy. Look at 2 Timothy 4 and verse 7 and 8. 2 Timothy 4 7 to 8. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Verse 8, this is Paul again, remember looking at Paul's life. Henceforth, there is laid for up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And he stayed focused on Jesus to the point that he uses the word, I love when Jesus is coming. I love his appearance. I love his presence. I'm going to get to see my Jesus. After all he went through. After all he went through. He said. I'm going to love Jesus. I'm going to love his appearing." Here's some truth that. uh, Maybe make yourself aware of. If you're going to be like this. Maybe change it. Sometime. A faithful Christian. That stays in church for a long time. Sometime. A faithful Christian can appear grumpy. Dedication may have been impressive, but the spirit was probably repelling. All right, I want to self-examine yourself. The Bible says we have to win the lost. At the same time, the Bible says we need to be a blessing to those that are saved. And what that means is uh, that we should have, if it's sen- if it, in the sense of aroma, we should have a pleasant aroma about us as a Christian. I said this before, we should be a welcome man, not a trespass, not a no trespassing sign. Our attitude and our spirit should portray the spirit of God, that he is a welcoming God. That he is a God that receives all to himself. That he wants what's best for you. That he is a servant to you. That he will try to do what he can. And even to the point of sacrifice for you. And can I say this? Well, say, well that's my personality. <sighs> Who gave you that personality? Have you ever asked that? Who gave you that personality? And I think my God is powerful enough. You can ask him, God, can you tweak my personality a little bit so that I could appear joyful and not really just appear joyful, but really have joy so that I can be attractive and I could be a pleasant sight to the lost and to the world. I'm not saying that uh, walk around and have no enemy, that the world hates us. Uh, the Bible doesn't change that, all right? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that they should not stumble upon your persona as a Christian. The offense is the gospel. They don't want to hear the gospel because it's a rock of offense. But they should, they should get offended by the gospel, not offended at your face, and not offended at your attitude, and not offended at the words you say that is really cruel, that is really cruel and mean-spirited. Right? We need to be careful with that. Uh, Christian who minister with joy have a spirit that is both attractive and contagious. I want to be around people that love what they're doing. Have you ever been around somebody that love what they're doing? It's a positive atmosphere and it affects you positively and you end up liking it even if you don't. I want to be around people that love Jesus and Jesus is enough in their life and they don't need to be bragging about anything they've done, but they're just thankful because Jesus got in with them and they got things done in their life. I want to be around those people. If I gave you the choice to be with somebody that's grumpy and somebody that is hysterical, you might not want to be with either one, but, uh, but I probably take the hysterical because at least I'm going to laugh a whole lot, right? Compared to this, but it is not that I did, right? How is the spirit of Jesus being seen by your spouse? How is the spirit of Jesus being seen by your children? How is the spirit of Jesus being seen at the people that you work with in your ministry in this church? How is the spirit of Jesus being seen in the ministry that God has put you and the people that you're ministering to? How are they seeing your spirit? How are they seeing your spirit? You think my children would uh, would be thankful if they see dad being happy as a dad or being miserable as a dad? You think it would help if they see mom being happy as a mom or being miserable as a mom? Guys, we're going to have bad days. My kids know when I have bad days. And they're forgiving. But the f- bad days should not be all the time. Bad days should not be all the time. Christian, we should be forgiving with one another and, and I, th- I want to I publicly say this. There are some people that could not be in their respective places of ministry because of the sickness that went through. And I want to thank everybody that jumped and took the time to say, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, because we're all in it together. Thank you, guys, for doing what you do so that the rest of us can go to, faith, uh, to Baptist Snow Camp. You were not there physically, but you guys did something in prayer. I know you prayed for us. And you did something that, that maybe we did not even know you did, but you helped us. Because there's only one Faith Bible Baptist Church. We're not divided in our departments. All the departments would not exist if there was not a Faith Bible Baptist Church. No snow camp would ever happen without Faith Bible Baptist Church. There'll be no junior church without Faith Bible Baptist Church. There'll no clubs without Faith Bible Baptist Church. There's no reason to usher if there's not a Faith Bible Baptist Church. There's no reason to sing in a cantata without a Faith Bible Baptist Church. And let me put it more. There would not be a Faith Bible Baptist Church without Jesus. And you see, Jesus is, and He's always will be. And I'm not saying that uh, faith is going to be forever open in a physical sense, but you know we're a spiritual body. We're going to be eternal. We're going to be eternal. If you're saved, I know I'm saved. You know if you're saved and you belong to this church, we're going to be eternal. You know what I mean by that? That means I'm going to know you in heaven. I'm going to know where you sat. I'm going to know what ministry you did because I might have helped with it. And I'm going to know you in a more intimate way than everybody, other Christian that's going to be up there. And so I asked, and I'm thank you, thankful, thankful for those uh, that helped uh, when it wasn't necessarily your place to do it, but you took the job and you did it. Because we're representing Jesus more than ourselves, right? Look at this last verse and so famous verse that we all know. Uh, in Nehemiah 8:10, then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet. That's my diet. Eat the fat. And drink the sweet. I'm going to die of diabetes. And send portion unto them for whom nothing is prepared. See, the nice thing about it is you can eat the fat and drink the sweet, but share it. Uh, I'm I'm not trying to deny the the good things in the book of, uh, uh, I believe, Leviticus. If you eat the way the Jews eat, according to the law, uh, it would help you. It will help me. But uh, look what it says here. Send portion unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord, neither be ye sorry. That's in the Bible. Neither be ye sorry. Why? Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. A lot of us have have gone through sickness and understand uh, we are very sick. And so please get well. Don't remain sick. Get well so you can serve God properly. All right? If you are sick, get well. Get rest. We have no Sunday night tonight. There's no service tonight. It's the last one for the year. Go home. Uh, enjoy some rest. Uh, watch them Buffalo Bills beat the Patriots. And remember, I'm the world's best boss. Look at somebody today and say, I'm glad I know you. I'm glad I'm a part with you. I'm looking forward to next year. God has given us salvation this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a point starting January. I'm going to record. I'm going to ask pastor, record every salvation that happens. Affiliating with us. Sometimes we miss that and we don't see it. And we see a number it will help us. All the baptism that we've had baptized this year. Our baptism did not remain dry this year. There was people getting baptized. And our membership role has grown this year. We have added at least four families into the church. And I'm going to ask you this, and, 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 and my faith and my vision is simple. Go get some more. Go get some more. I, I, incur, I was encouraged at Cantata with a lot of people had a vision for souls. Guess what God did? It's probably our biggest service. You know how many people we had here, and I'm not numbers, I'm not for numbers, but numbers tell a story. And you know how many we had here, 185, and that's why we all got sick, 185 people. You know what it was? Because people had a mind to say, we want to reach our friends, we want to reach our coworkers, we want to reach our neighbors. We want to give people what we have, and that's Jesus Christ. And guess what? We have one more year. I don't know what God's going to hold. It might be just a week in 224 and God calls us all. I don't have a problem. I love his appearing. I'm ready for it. But if God tarries a year, guess what? I want to see more people go to mission field for short-term mission. I'm excited about Brianna. She's not feeling well today. I'm excited about her. I'm excited at what Justin is doing I'm excited that Miss Monique, I know she's here, but man, if you ever talk to that woman and you're discouraged, talk to her. She'll encourage you. She'll put the proper perspective on Jesus. She loves her Jesus. There's no doubt about it. And I'm encouraged. Every time I, I was going to, I was not going to shake her hand because I was sick. And she said, I don't care. I'm already sick. Give me a hug. And so I hugged her. And I, to be careful now because I was able to do that. Doesn't mean all of us hug on her now. You have to figure that out. All right. But I love our church. I don't know if I say that enough, but I love our church. And all the different churches that are sprung out of here. Uh, countryside is doing something amazing. They're starting Sunday school. Uh, they're going to they continue Thursday night. Uh, Brightway, he had Mission Sunday today, uh, Vision Sunday for them. He had six people get baptized over there. New believers being discipled over there. We have discipleship happening here, people getting discipled. We're not perfect, and at times we'll annoy you. But I'm telling you, there's some true love going on in this church. They will love you if you let them. If you give God the chance, you'll find encouragement here. All right? And I'm glad uh, to be your pastor. I've spoken long enough. The kids are all asleep. So let's go ahead and pray. I'll have my pastor Cole come up and end us with a song. Lord, thank you for this church. Lord, you placed us here. You said you have set the members. By your will, you have set us here. And, Lord, help all those that are sick watching online. Uh, we, we're, uh, we're, we're missing them, Lord, bodily. Lord, I know they're in spirit. Lord, they joined us. Lord, bless all that is here. If anybody is lost, Lord, may they find Jesus this morning. and Bless us Christians, Lord, to find these four principles and give us applications so that we can remain faithful to the very end. In Jesus' name, amen.